self-contained hub in the early 1900s. Before the Tulsa race massacre where the city's black district in Greenwood, of Greenwood, was attacked by a white mob, resulting in two days of bloodshed and destruction, the area had been considered one of the most affluent African-American communities in the United States for the early part of the 20th century. The massacre, which began on May 31st, 1921, and left hundreds of black residents dead and 1,000 homes destroyed, often overshadows the history of the vulnerable black enclave itself. Greenwood District, with a population of 10,000 at the time, had thrived as the epicenter of African-American business and culture, particularly on bustling Greenwood Avenue, commonly known as Black Wall Street. Founded in 1906, Greenwood was developed on Indian territory, the vast area where Native American tribes had been forced to relocate, which encompasses much of modern-day eastern Oklahoma. Some African Americans who had been former slaves of the tribes and subsequently integrated into tribal communities, acquired allotted land in Greenwood through the Dawes Act, a U.S. law that gave land to individual Native Americans, and many black sharecroppers fleeing racial oppression relocated to the region as well in search of a better life post-Civil War. Oklahoma begins to be promoted as a safe haven for African-Americans who started to come particularly post-emancipation to Indian Territory, says Michelle Place, executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. The largest number of black townships after the Civil War were located in Oklahoma between 1865 and 1920. African-Americans founded more than 50 black townships in the state. 
O.W. Gurley, a wealthy black landowner, purchased 40 acres of land in Tulsa, naming it Greenwood after the town in Mississippi. The intersection of Greenwood Avenue and Archer Street of Greenwood before the Tulsa Race Massacre, courtesy of Tulsa Historical Society and Museum, built for black people by black people. Gurley is credited with having the first black business in Greenwood in 1906, says Hannibal Johnson, author of Black Wall Street, from riot to renaissance in Tulsa's historic Greenwood district. He had a vision to create something for black people by black people. Gurley started with a boarding house for African Americans then word began to spread about opportunities for blacks in Greenwood, and they flocked to the district. O.W. Gurley would actually loan money to people who wanted to start a business, says Christy Williams, vice chair of the African American Affairs Commission in Tulsa. They actually had a system where someone who wanted to own a business could get help in doing that. Other prominent Black entrepreneurs followed suit. J.B. Stratford, born into slavery in Kentucky, later becoming a lawyer and activist, moved to Greenwood in 1898. He built a 55-room luxury hotel bearing his name, the largest Black-owned hotel in the country. An outspoken businessman, Stratford believed that Blacks had a better chance of economic progress if they pooled their resources. Greenwood became self-contained and reliant. A.J. Smitherman, a publisher whose family moved to Indian Territory in the 1890s, founded the Tulsa Star, a black newspaper headquartered in Greenwood that became instrumental in establishing the district's socially conscious mindset. The newspaper regularly informed African Americans about their legal rights and any court rulings or legislation that were beneficial or harmful to their communities. Fantline will be back in a few. Demands for equal rights were an ongoing mission for blacks in Tulsa, despite Jim Crow oppression. Greenwood itself had a railway running through it that separated the black and white populations. Consequently, Gurley and Stratford's vision of having a self-contained and self-reliant black economy came to be not only by desire, but by logistics. As a practical matter, they had no choice as to where to locate their businesses, said Johnson. Tulsa was rigidly segregated and Oklahoma became increasingly racist after statehood. On Greenwood Avenue, there were luxury shops, restaurants, grocery stores, hotels, jewelry, and clothing stores, movie theaters, barbershops, and salons, a library, pool halls, nightclubs, and offices for doctors, lawyers, and dentists. Greenwood also had its own school system, post office, a savings and loan bank, hospital, and bus and taxi service. Greenwood was home to far less affluent black Americans as well. 
A significant num number still worked in menial jobs, such as janitors, dishwashers, porters, and domestics. The money they earned outside of Greenwood was spent within the district. It is said within Greenwood, every dollar would change hand, hands 19 times before it left the community, said Place. It wasn't long before the affluent African Americans attracted the attention of local white residents who resented the upscale lifestyle of people they deemed as an inferior race. I think the word jealousy is certainly appropriate during this time and hasn't always been that way, says Place. If you have particularly poor whites who are looking at this prosperous community who have large homes, fine furniture, crystals, china, linens, etc. The reaction is they don't deserve that. And with the uh, resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan, blacks in Greenwood feared racial violence and the removal of their voting rights. The Oklahoma Supreme Court for years routinely upheld the state's restrictions on voting, on voting access for African Americans, subjecting them to the poll tax and literacy test. And lynchings proliferated across the country, particularly during the red summer of 1919, where anti-black riots erupted in major cities across the United States, including Tulsa. In response, the Tulsa Star encouraged blacks to take up arms and to show up at courthouses and jails to make sure blacks who were on trial were not taken and killed by white lynch mobs. You know, racism will always be about stupidity, ignorance, and fear. Stupid in that it breeds contempt for those who are prosperous while doing things the correct way in the midst of always espousing to the very people racists claim as dumb, animalistic, and lazy. So when these people you loathe are educated, law-abiding citizens with prominent positions, the narrative changes and your true nature of hate comes out. Your true nature of destruction, lies, jealousy and animalistic rage comes to the forefront hmm go figure well that's it for today check out part three tomorrow black wall street the aftermath <laughs>